Hello, I'm Sinead. And I'm Brian. Each week we introduce each other to a film that we love. If the other's not equally enamoured, it could mean the end of our 22-year relationship. Warning, there will be spoilers, swearing and undoubtedly arguments. This is Reasons to Dump You. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Season 2, Episode 5, Reasons to Dump You. And what a doozy of a day. It's like 725 degrees Celsius Minimum. outside. Minimum. 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 It's ridiculous. I know, I know. I don't cope well in the heat. I'm trying not to be cranky. I'm already too warm. Yeah. It needs to cool down. Yeah. So be warned. If we're a bit cranky in this episode, it's because I'm already sweating <laughs> and um, it's not even eight o'clock. Yet, <laughs> I know. We shouldn't so. complain because people love the sunshine. They do. But when you're as pale as me, not so much. And as British as me, <laughs> not so much. So anyway, right Sinead, on with the show. Okay, so it's my choice of film it this is. week. Um, I'm putting my heart on the line, Brian. Ooh. This could get scary because I'm putting myself out there. Wow. And if I don't get a good response from you... I'm out in the car. Well, this is not going to be good. And it's going to be hot in that car if Ooh. I'm sticking you out. I can't even sleep in the garage. Well, it's going to be really hot in there. It's going to be... Yeah, exactly. So... Wow. Let's hope that you're going to be on my side and you're going to enjoy this film as much as you should. Well, look, the warning has been taken on board. Good. Okay, let's Glo- do it. Global, war- Three global clues. warning. Three clues. Three clues. They're going to be very, very simple, straightforward clues. I'm not messing around. We'll crack on. So, first clue. Yep. This film was released in 1986. Oh, the old 1986 <laughs> Exactly. So. I do love the fact that we've kind of got ourselves entrenched in the 80s. But <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. Go on. I don't know yet. Second clue, there are very, very few women in this film. Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I know that wasn't released in 86, ladies. Don't worry. Any any guesses? Uh, no, I mean Police Academy. <laughs> no, not Police Academy. There's plenty of women in Police okay. Academy, Brian. Um, but not with what you would consider proper roles. Not with proper roles, perhaps, okay. yes. Um, and not with many clothes either, most likely. Um, the film title yeah. is also a song title you must remember this <laughs> any, i predict a riot any no i on. have no idea you have no idea none at all we are gonna watch go on the amazing cool. classic go on stand by me oh okay cool we need to go back to the 80s we need to get in touch with our childhood Oh, stand by me. For a minute, I was thinking of that Macaulay Culkin thing where he gets killed by a bee. That was and I was like, oh, for God's sake, please don't do that to me. Okay, first of all, that was in the 90s. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin's not that old. Yeah, I know. And that was called My Girl. Yeah, well, same yeah. thing. So we're not watching My Girl. We're watching... Sta- this has no, started I well. Thought, I just thought, like, at a time where there are bees everywhere, watching the kid <laughs> getting killed by one might not be cool. But there's more to that story than... <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose. No, we're going to watch River Phoenix, Stand By Me. Nice. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. Are you ready? I am. I'm ready. Okay, let's go watch it. We'll be back. We will, shortly, in about 3.1476 seconds, after I say, go! Welcome back. Hello. In the hot box that is our front room. Oh, My lord, it's warm. It felt quite apt, this film, set in the summer of 59, the sweltering heat. Yeah. I felt it added to uh, the watching. When I was getting my vapours, I (laughs) I do declare. Felt like I was with the the boys out on the uh, body search. Yeah, it was a little bit hot in the house and hot in the film. Right, well, I'm not going to lie. I've already made my feelings clear about this film. Yeah. And... I don't know how many times I've watched it, but it was pure bliss to watch it again. Yep. I absolutely love this film. Yep. And that's all I've got to say, man. No. Um, I love the simplicity of the story, the the coming-of-age tale. Each character, I think, is utterly, utterly believable and brilliantly portrayed. I love the story. I love this film. I wish you'd just tell me what you thought <laughs> of it. Okay, cool, good. Shall we start before I even ask? Am you Am I allowed what, to see what, what I? Th- oh, okay. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna give the listeners okay um, the synopsis, a little synopsis. Go for it. So hopefully people have seen this film. If not, I would very much encourage people to go see this film. Best hour and a half of your life. Um, let's just do a little storyline. Where's it from? 
this is actually from IMDb. So I'm not going with the synopsis, but I'm going with a storyline that someone's added onto IMDb. Okay, so whiz on about 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, it's nice, it's nice. Go it's the summer of 1959 in Castle Rock, Oregon, and four 12-year-old boys, Gordy, Chris, Teddy and Vern, are fast friends. After learning of the general location of the body of a local boy who has been missing for several days, they set off into the woods to see it. Along the way, they learn about themselves, the meaning of friendship, and the need to stand up for what is right. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was great. The The actual little short IMDb sort of synopsis logline was too, well, yeah, sh- was too short and really, you know, not worth bothering with. And the Rotten Tomatoes one was elongated, didn't really tell you anything about the film and was just intensely annoying. So I went with that one. Fair enough. I think that that puts it in a nutshell. We meet these four young boys. Yeah. Um, they, they know there's a body to be discovered. Yeah. They set off to discover it coming of age along the way. What more could you want? Exactly. I'd have loved that as a kid. Want to go and look at a dead body? Well, I'm obsessed with murders and dead people. Not that this young man was murdered, but, you know. Oh, that's ruined it for everyone. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not go and search for a dead body? What more could you want? I mean, yeah, I'm not sure I would. Look, I'm I'm trying to save myself here from the potential that you might not love this film. But I think I'm going to have to rip that band-aid off and, and just get a general gist of your feeling for this film. Wow. So after like 10 minutes, you're actually going to ask me what I think. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to save myself just in case. Okay. Cool. Love the film. Great <gasps> film. Absolutely fantastic film. But still has a couple of things I'm not a fan of. Okay. Did yeah, you, that went quiet. That, that did go quiet. Yeah, but you loved it. So no, well, I absolutely love the film. I think it's great. I think it's um, a fantastic story, and I think the characters are phenomenal. I think River Phoenix and I think it was Corey Haynes, Corey or, Feldman, Corey Feldman. Sorry, I mean brilliant, yeah. absolutely brilliant. Yeah, especially you know River Phoenix. Mm. I mean, the talented little shit he mm. really is, but. Was unfortunately. Well, yeah, but um, there were a couple of things that you know kind of bugged me. Oh, this is not this is not going to please me, is it? Shall I give you some facts before we move towards what bugged you? Okay. I'm already getting tense. I can My see. pen is poised to write down reasons to dump see. you if you're going to upset me about this film. Um, okay, so um, released in 1986, a budget of seven and a half to eight mil. Oh, which one? <laughs> I wouldn't that, get away that with was, that. That was the right uh, between seven and a yeah. half and eight mil. Who's okay. going? Who's going uh, to? Who's counting that last five hundred thousand? Yeah, exactly. Box office uh, fifty two point three million. Good return. Not bad. Um, as I think we might have mentioned earlier, it came from a Stephen King short yeah. short story, yeah, um, which was called The Body, yeah. But they didn't they didn't want to use that title for the film. Yeah, well, I can understand um, that. One of the writers has said that um, Columbia Pictures felt that it would either sound like a sex film or, oh, yeah. or some sort of body horror because it yeah. was a Stephen King story. Um, and then Reiner suggested Stand By Me and that was the title they eventually cool. went with. And I think it works really quite well because it's kind of all about friendship and yeah. growth. Yeah, wow, well, you really do. I really do love this film. Yeah, I know, I get to um, see that. Rob Reiner wasn't the original director for this film. Right, okay. Uh, it was going to be Adrian Lynn, who was the director of Fatal Attraction. Okay. Um, and then it ended up being Reiner, I think, because Lynn wanted to take a break and they wanted to start production. Okay. And I think it was a, probably a blessed yeah, no, changeover because I think so. I think, um, I think he did a, a spanking job of this film. I'm not going to find anything wrong with this film, by the way. No, okay, that's fine. You're allowed. Come on, then. What do you want to talk to me about? Okay. Good things or bad things? Oh, well, things that are going to make me unpopular, I'm sure. Things that will be controversial, I'm sure. Um, but I'm going to go with them anyway. Go on, then. Numero un, okay. to quote Tricolor. There's, 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 there's more than one. Yes. Oh, okay. no, no, there are. Um, first of all, the opening of the film. Right. So the opening of the film is the grown-up Gordy. Apparently, yeah. Played by... Um, Mr. Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus, Sitting in his car. Yeah. 
um, and there's a paper next to him that says yeah. lawyer Chris Chambers has been yeah. killed yeah. in a local Yeah, and then two cafe. kids cycle past yeah. the uh, car or van or pickup or whatever it is and he has a Scooby-Doo moment. Well, he's just reminiscing, isn't he? So we go into his reminisce. Why? If we'd have removed that scene, what would you have lost? Well, it was establishing who the narrator was because he then narrated the story to us. Okay. Not sure we needed a narrator. Oh, I love that. I love the narration. Do you I'm not like the narration? Just, oh my God, I've gone... <laughs> that was anger. I've, I've got even hotter than, than the temperature decays. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure. I I really thought the beginning, the opening scene was lazy. Lazy, lazy. storytelling. What was lazy about it? It was establishing oh, who he was. Come on. Expository. Just because he didn't say it, sitting in his van looking at a, a bloody paper clipping of lawyer Chris whatever died then two kids cycle past mm, on mm. the road path that's in the middle of nowhere mm. I mean there is nothing near it those kids would have been cycling for hours to get to where his truck was and then they go past into the distance where there's nothing but mountains well, and he goes oh, and they no no we didn't get we didn't get a Wayne's World screen I just didn't particularly like that okay and you don't particularly like the narration either um I didn't. I uh, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. I know Rob will lose his shit when I see him, but uh, you know, I just not. I'm not a fan of it. I don't. I thought that that story. You could even keep new narration if you wanted to. Mm. I just thought the introduction to the narrator was so short and shallow. I didn't even pick up really who the narrator was, which of the four kids the narrator was. Until about 20 minutes in, I was thinking, well, which one is he? Is he the fat one? Is he... Well, it's it, not Corey, I can get that, but is he supposed to be River Phoenix? Is he supposed to be the kid? Well, it's... It, no, 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 no. Whoa, Patricia. It was quite clearly established when we went to the treehouse yeah. that had the three boys and then Vern joins them. Yeah. It was quite clearly that, that Gordy was the narrator because he, he, he introduced... The narrator describes the other three... And then talks about himself. So it was quite clear within five minutes. It really wasn't. Because apart from anything else, he speaks about... I don't know who he is in relation to these people. He speaks about Chris briefly. Uh, uh, Chris, I don't... I never paid... It's the beginning of the film. I'm not going to examine every single prop. Everybody's home. Chris, oh, he must be Chris. We'll go, okay, no, no, yeah, I'm going to make that correlation. The camera no. was on it. When he talked about Chris, the camera was on Chris. When he talked about... Teddy, the camera was on but Teddy. It was just a couple of kids playing cards. I just didn't make the association. Oh, I think you've got a short attention span or something. Numero <laughs> Which brings me on to numero de. Oh, Lord, he's to, gone French. To quote, he knows he's in again, trouble. the trickle or exercise books. And if you remember those, The music. Are you serious? You're going to tell me you don't like the music? Because soundtrack is one of the things I thought was cracking in this film. So... It opens with what is uh, can only be described as the most annoying instrumental of the song "Stand by Me." What am I in a lift in a hotel? Oh my god, it's such a beautiful song. No, didn't like it. I didn't like the instrumental version of it. Why is it not the proper version? Why? Why is it an instrumental version while we're watching him all doughy-eyed? I didn't get it. I know. And later on, these musical bridges. Every time he changed a sequence, he'd do a musical bridge. So. From a cut from one shot to the next. The most annoying one was when they were walking over the bridge at the beginning. And it was like this musical bridge for Lollipop. Lollipop, oh, Lollipop. you didn't like that. that? I hate it. What's the point? We watched two kids go... Dun, dun, dun. And dun, then... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, but then nothing else happened. So it was like... What, we pad in time? I didn't get the correlation of how that song moved the story along. I didn't get it. It didn't sit in the background. I like using... Well, it bridged the scenes, didn't it? It took us from Kiefer Sutherland's gang to the boys. And the boys are, you know, frivolous. They're enjoying themselves. They're young. And the song is just like this frivolous moment of of, of childhood enjoyment. Do, do you have any, any, any childish soul? Yes. I have a lot of childish soul. Oh, I'm beginning to There was wonder. a lot of it about these kids' relationships that were brilliant and perfect. And okay. I just thought that the music oh. took you out of it rather than put you in it. I thought that it was almost like they were using tracks from back in the day. 
Well, we, Unnecessarily, well, and it's a mixture of between it being within the the music being in the story and then out of the story. You're it's wrong. like where where are we? Is can we hear the music in the story or can we not? Because those kids couldn't hear Lollipop because the radio wasn't playing. Yet they're dancing to it, so it's not in the story. Yeah, I know. But then I it's on the radio, saying. so it's yeah. in the story. I just I'm I'm not a fan of how the music was used in this film. Okay, well you're wrong. So should we move on to a positive point? There's lots of positives. Okay, the treehouse was cool. So yeah, so they have a they have a cool treehouse that they all meet in. Yeah, that they play cards, they smoke cigarettes. Yeah, they are young to be smoking cigarettes. But can I just say though, smoking was everything in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, that's true. Like one of the things I really wanted to start doing as quick as I could, as soon as I could buy some, was have a cigarette. I just wanted to see what all the fuss was about because, like, every adult on the planet did it. Yeah, it was a very cool thing to do. But do you think so? This is set in '59. Do you think in '59 kids that young were getting hold of cigarettes and smoking? Yeah, I would imagine even maybe it was even cooler. No, well, I'm just thinking when I was really young, I remember a friend of mine. He used to go to the shop with a note from his mum, and I'm sure actually my nan probably sent me round to the shop for cigarettes once. You know, oh, these are for my nan. Okay, there you go. Yeah. No yeah, one yeah, yeah. cared. Yeah, shopkeepers back in the day, they, they didn't really care how well, old you were. Well, I think they just believed you because parents did send their kids to do everything. Yeah, So it's like, true. I've come get it for my nan. All right. And you never thought I could actually have these. Yeah, 20 more for us, please. Yeah, exactly. Mind you, they were usually silk cut, which might be why you believe <laughs> me. But I don't know. I just thought that's really true. And the fact they were smoking them like they were sitting in some old... I don't know, episode of MASH. Yeah. And playing yeah, cards yeah. and smoking. And, and River Phoenix immediately looked perfectly at home, smoking with the cigarettes curled up under his arm. Yeah, you believed he was that character. He looked about he? 20... Well, he clearly wasn't, but he was acting like a 30-year-old would act. Well, I mean, he was brilliant. Yeah, no, I think he's amazing. I can't say enough good things yeah. about River Phoenix. But um, another thing I like about this film is yeah. the fact that they are clearly children. Yes. And we are not getting... <laughs> You know, 20-year-olds playing 12-year-olds. So I did actually have a little look at how old they were when they filmed this. Okay. Because I was quite intrigued because I thought they genuinely do look um, like quite young teenagers. So they ranged. So River Phoenix was the oldest. At? He was about 14, 15. Okay. um, Closer to 15, I think. Okay. Um, Will Wheaton, playing Gordy, was 13. That was Will Wheaton. That was Will Wheaton from Big Bang Theory. That was Will. That was Will. Will. Um, Corey Feldman was 14 okay yeah makes sense um, and Jerry O'Connell playing Vern was the youngest he was about 11 okay so he was quite a bit younger and I think there's a couple of sort of shots of him where his face does look actually yeah you can clearly see he's the youngest um, in contrast then Kiefer Sutherland obviously playing a much older character he was about 19 yeah he looked a bit older than most yeah to be honest I actually thought he looked older than 19 so I was yeah, quite I surprised well. when I yeah. looked that yeah um, so that's another thing I think Thank God this film got right, because if they had been older playing younger, it would not have worked for me. Talking of characters, especially Vern. Yeah, so Vern is the Jerry O'Connell character, the chubby kid. Yeah. Yeah. There is one... He started a a correlation with me between this film and a recent very popular TV programme. Well, obviously you're going to say Stranger Things. No. No? No, not at all. Oh, because I... Yeah, okay, go on. Um... And it's a group of young people, and this was a group of young people. Okay. Is this a programme we've watched? Sorry to interrupt you. You're not sorry. I am. No, you're not. No, I just want to know if this is a programme I've seen. Yes. Oh, okay, go on. Very recently. Okay. Um, And just seeing his character, I thought, oh my God, there's a character in this comedy series. Okay. UK comedy series that uses... The, the character's identical, so I'll talk you through it. And you, you'll probably hate this correlation, but I'm going to talk you I've through it. I've got my pen ready to, okay. to, to write something down, not attack you with. Derry Girls. Derry Girls. So, look at Fern. Yeah. I don't know what her name is, but the short blonde one who loses her shit all the time, scared of everything. Oh, yeah, Nicola Coughlin. Um, the, I'm trying to think of what a character yeah, name the is. The two are the identical. One. Yeah. Then you've got Corey Feldman, the Bit weird, bit crazy, losing the plot. Yeah. You've got a slightly watered-down version of that mm-hmm. in the tall, weird girl one. with the bunches. Michelle. I don't know. No, 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 oh. no, no, no. The other one, the one who's a bit loopy in Derry Girls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. River Phoenix 
is the dark-haired Michelle one, who's in trouble, is part of a shitty family, will end up in trouble, always will. Mm. And then you've got Corey. No, what's his name? Gordy. Mm. Who's your blonde main character? Shersha or whatever her name is. Um, okay. If you look at how they've built the relationship with those four characters and the relationship with these four characters... I think that writer couldn't stand there with hand on her heart and not go, oh my God, you're right. We need, we need to reach out to That's him and find really, out. <laughs> uh, that really influenced me because one panics and is slightly overweight Yeah. all the time. You've got the weird one who's not really with the group and does weird things, and but everybody loves him, but he's like a bit cracked. You've got the River Phoenix one who actually looks after all of them, but comes from the wrong side of the tracks. They all forgive them for stupid things. Do you think do Michelle the looks after all of them in Derry Girls? Though? I think she tries to. Yeah. She got them tickets for stuff. She she oh, tries yeah, to do it. But, you know, she gets, she sounds like she comes from a crappy family and yeah. things like that. And then you've got the blonde one who kind of talks you through it, Aaron. narrates it, brings you on her journey. And does narrate it. There you go. Oh, my Lord. There you go. And then once it got in my head, it really annoyed me. It only got in my head right, sort of, it was right at the end when they were panicking about running into the woods. Well, mm-hmm. not at the end, but mm-hmm. he's like, don't go that way, let's stick to the track. I think we should see it. I thought, oh my God, that's that character. This is Derry Girls. I love so it. there you go. What a lo- okay, well. There you go. Everyone, watch Derry Girls, watch this. There you go. <laughs> lovely, lovely analogy. But yeah, it's like a female group of four. And this was like this male group of four. Okay. Well, I might go off and do a deep dive into that and see if... Um... Do it. See if there is any correlation between the two. It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Well, I think there probably could be. You think you could be onto something. I there. know. I know. I think I am. So did you have a favourite character out of the boys? Um, I don't know. You know, it moved during the film. Mm. So at first it was 100% Corey Feldman. Yes. 100%. What, what did you love about Teddy? I loved his glasses. I well, of course, because they're your glasses. I know, right? As so I realised watching this now, I looked at him, I looked across at you, you've got Teddy's yeah. glasses. Um, I love the fact that he was ballsy and, you know, they instantly, like his dad, burnt, nearly burnt his ear off, so he came from a shitty background mm. and, like, he was doing his best. And I felt really felt for him. Then it kind of moved to River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Chris. Yeah. And then it kind of moved briefly, but only briefly, to Gordy. I knew Gordy would be your least favourite. No, no, but it did move to him briefly when okay. he was talking about his dad and yeah. how his dad didn't like him and stuff. Yeah. Um and and yeah, I really Vern, like towards the end, was just like, Yeah, my man, there you go. I thought Vern was hilarious. So yeah. um Vern is the one that arrives to tell them they can go and find this dead body because he's yeah. he's overheard um yeah. he's overheard that the body's out on the old Harlow Road. And so they all set off overnight to go find the body and they all arrive with their own camping stuff. What, yep. does, what does Vern bring with him? A comb. A comb. Always lick your breast. And I Because when they find the body, they're going to want to comb their hair. They're going to want to look good for when the TV crew turns up. And I love the fact that I think it's Teddy says to him, you don't even have any hair. Why uh-huh. have you brought a comb? I brought it for you guys. And the fact that he's always trying to find money and he only had seven cents on him. Oh, bless him. I know, it was so cool. I thought he was so sweet. No, I really liked him. I really liked him. Sorry, talking of characters. Yeah. Who was it? What's the actor's name who played the dad? Because he was in something else. I mean, quite a lot of the Gordy's dad. I think that is the one uh, name I have not gone and found for you, Brian. However, you've written down, I've just noticed the same thing as me. Gordy's mum. Gordy's mum. Is Lorraine Baines' mum. Indeed she is. In Back to the Future. She plays Stella Baines in Back to the Future. We should just call this We Can Relate Everything to Back to the Future podcast. I think so, because, well, maybe it's the era, you know? Back to the Future had quite a big cast. But yes, Frances Lee McCain um, is the actress's name. And she plays Gordy's mum, albeit incredibly brief. As I said to you, women in this film, not not many. And the ones that are there, not on screen for very long. Yeah. Um, But yes, she also played um, Stella Baines when Marty goes back. To 1955. Yeah, I know. Very cool. That was very, very cool. Yeah. That was almost, that sort of kept me occupied for five minutes. Do you know what I mean? Did you recognise her instantly or it kept you occupied trying to figure out who she was? No, no, no. It just kept me occupied going, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, wow. Well, for a split second, obviously, it was like, I know that face. I yeah. know that face. Talking about Teddy and your enjoyment of his performance. So this is Corey Feldman's character. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll help you out with the character Thank names you. here because I know, you. you know, it's not your forte. Um... When they go into the junkyard, trespass, yeah. actually, into the yeah, junkyard, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're scared that the old man's going to turn up and he's going to set the dog With on the them. the dog, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and indeed, the old man turns up with not the terrifying dog they thought yeah, was going to yeah, be yeah. there. Um, so then they start getting quite brave and yeah. shouting back at him. And this horrible, hor- horrible old man basically goes for Teddy and starts calling his dad a loony, loony tune. He's in the loony bin, starts using oh, yeah. all these really horrible words. Um, and Teddy absolutely loses his shit. His shit. Yeah. Um, best line in film ever. Go on. Um, I'm going to rip off your head and shit down your neck. Oh, yeah, but people were saying that all through the 80s. It must have come from this. Everyone used to say that. I absolutely love that line. And <laughs> I, I, just, I just think, like, it's so ludicrous. Yeah. What, oh, yeah. A, what a great over-the-top way to <laughs> just abuse somebody. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm going to shit down your neck. Why? <laughs> um but I, I thought Corey Feldman was absolutely brilliant in that scene. He oh, he's genuinely, anyway. genuinely looked like he had completely lost control. Yeah. It didn't feel like a kid just having a hissy fit. It, it felt like a, 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 a grown-up in a kid's body that literally was going to kill someone. Yeah. No, I think they were all like that. I think that's what makes makes it so strong, is if a kid acts like a kid would. Kids are so close to adults anyway mm. that they do have the same emotions, mm. you know, it's not... We just learn how to process them Yeah, and for kids up. to actually portray them as actors, I mean, you know, River, when he was projecting his, actually, I would argue that his crying was the worst out of all of them. Like, I love River Phoenix, I love him, I think his performance was phenomenal, but his crying felt like he had to try harder to get there than the other kids did. You, so you t- are you talking about the scene where he's talking about stealing the milk money? Yeah, so- I thought the way he delivered it was brilliant, mm. but then he sort of I don't know whether you've been asked to add crying to it. Just well, looked a bit... So apparently with that scene, so he's sitting with Gordy and he's stolen milk money yeah. and everybody calls him a thief and he's yeah. Yeah, from this terrible family. And he confides in Gordy that he did steal the milk money. Everybody yeah. knew he did. Yeah. But he actually gave it back to the teacher because he felt bad. Yeah. And the money never turned up. Yeah. And she turned up in a new outfit. Yeah. What a bitch. So the teacher had basically completely betrayed him. He never thought a teacher would do that. And he starts to cry. I don't agree with you okay. that his that his um, crying was bad in that. Can't say I'm surprised. I, no, I completely kind of connected to I it. I didn't say it was bad. I just said it didn't feel as natural as the other kids. Well, they did have to work harder to get it, apparently. So um, I was reading that Rob Reiner during that scene felt like River could give more than he was giving. Yeah. So he took him to one side and basically said... Try and think of a time in your own life when this has happened to you, you know, when a, a, an adult, I suppose, has... Um, Fucked you over. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. put it bluntly. Royally. Um, and then he sent him back, got what ends up in the final film, and then River Phoenix could not stop crying. So yeah. apparently then they had to kind of, you know, take him off and try oh, and calm him down. Don't get me so wrong. So I think it was a very genuine performance. I think it was as well, but it seemed to take him a while to get there. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it was it was just, a, it just didn't feel as... Mm. And also some people don't cry well. Do you know what I mean? Like he was very scrunched up and, re- and normally he's very expressive. He's, yeah. You know, like his performance feels natural. Everything, anything I've seen him in, and I haven't yeah. seen him in a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feels completely natural you completely by that who he is not yeah. that he's an actor playing that character yeah I, I i get where you're coming from and but i think yeah i think chris chambers would have would find it hard to cry yeah so therefore it looked perhaps like it was hard to cry does that make sense who's chris chambers is is river phoenix character oh okay. so i think that character would find it hard to cry therefore it looked like he was finding it hard to cry yeah maybe maybe you acting know. within acting wow i know but that was one of my favourite scenes as well. Yeah, no, I, I really like Because that. the relationship between Gordy and Chris is what holds the whole thing together, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. The bromance. Oh, yeah. Proper bromance. I love a bit of bromance. There are um, apparently some deleted scenes from this film. Right. That um, you can YouTube and find. Okay. Um, and one of them is the boys getting ready to go camping. So you get a very short scene of each of them in their home, right? Prepping to go going okay, camping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think they could have left it in. Maybe there's an extended version of the film you can see with it in. Right. It gives you a little bit more of a taste of their backgrounds, even though I feel like we very much know what their backgrounds are from everything else we see in here. But you get Gordy um, packing his stuff up, and he picks up the copy of the story that he tells the boys later around the campfire. 
Right. And his dad comes past his bedroom door and he says hi. And the, the father, you know, quite unconnected, just says hi and walks on. Right. Um, you get Teddy getting ready, doing his hair, putting on the military dog tags he's wearing yeah. and sort of humming to himself as if he's getting ready to go to battle. Right. Um, you get Chris leaving the house with his dad completely passed out, drunk on the sofa. Yeah. And then you get Vern eating dinner, like a massive dinner. Yeah. And he wants to go and the mum, the mum's voice from off screen tells him he can't go till he's eaten it. So he throws the rest out the window. Okay. And then puts the empty plate back on the table. I thought I, it was quite a cute little I'm sure it is. I don't sequence. Think, I personally like the fact that you only really find out what's going on with the family through the kids. Yeah. I don't think showing it would have helped. Mm. You don't, I actually yeah, perhaps think you didn't need it. Well, because they're it, revealing it. You're like, well, what's wrong with him? Yeah, all right. His mum's, oh, okay, because his brother died. That's what he's been. Mm. And then you find out, well, actually, it's no, it's because his dad fucking hates him. Mm. Or at least his dad had so much banked on the other brother, on the other son, yeah. that he doesn't pay any attention. And obviously, he's not now getting any attention from his mum either. Yeah. And actually, his dad was an asshole. We established that earlier anyway, where he's basically telling the mum not to entertain the other child. Yeah, because we get a flashback yeah, so, at the dinner table. So, I, and, and to see the bit about, you know, the fact you're throwing the food out the window, I don't think that adds anything. I think sometimes being fat is enough as a kid without having to add the, you know, oh, he's mm. eating, he's not eating, whatever, whatever. I think the fact that he only had seven cents, the fact he didn't know, you know, he was hungry first, it's all perfect. It tells enough of the story. You get the fact because he's a large kid, his mum loves him through food anyway. Yeah. So, there you go. I love the fact that actually with... River Phoenix's character, he just turned up off the back of a truck that he'd hitched on. Yes, and yeah. And nicked a gun from his dad, who was drunk at the time. So it's like... It tells you everything you need, Yeah, you, you know that that's not good. And the fact that Corey Feldman just rocks up looking like something from MASH, <laughs> you just know, bless him, and screams constantly about <gasps> raiding Normandy beaches. Very good scene, that, where he stands in front of the train. Oh, so the train dodge. Yeah, yeah. And so he's just like, yeah, it's like the Normandy beaches, and you know that he's just lost the plot. yeah. There is another um, deleted scene. Okay. So, obviously in the film, um, early on, when they're on the train tracks, the train comes, they all go to get off the tracks. Yeah. Teddy, Corey Feldman, stays on the tracks to train dodge. Yeah. Because the, the boy clearly, you know, needs some help and has got some, some issues going on. Um, and Chris, Chris, River Phoenix, drags him off the train track to basically save his life. Yeah. Later on, we get another train track and they have to cross over the river to get to the other side. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're terrified. Well, Vern particularly is terrified because he goes along on all fours. Yes, he does. Which would have been me. Which I feel like would have been you because you reacted when this scene began. Fuck that. Do you know what? I've walked out at whatever tower it is in Toronto and walked on the glass floor and it didn't bother me. Well, I mean, obviously at first, but it really didn't bother me. But you put me on a pier, which has those gaps. It's in the slats, wood. isn't it? I don't trust wood. For a start, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I want steel and concrete and even glass that I can see is about nine feet thick, not wood. You feel like the wood's not going to hold you? Is that yeah, it's, it's going to splinter and break mm-hmm. and I'm going to fall to my death. And I also don't need to see the sea splashing around, welcoming me down. So it's like calling you, go on, jump, go on, you'll <laughs> make it, you'll live, you'll be fine. No, I don't want that. So you would have been Vern crawling along on all fours. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I wouldn't. I'd have walked down the five miles, gone across, walked up the five miles or whatever it was. I probably would have been Gordy behind you when the train was coming, trying to pick you up and screaming at you to run. Yeah, probably. Get a move on. I'd have probably tried what I think is a, because I did think of it, the uh, sort of Indiana Jones style trick. Trains come and just lay flat and it'll go over the top of you and you'll be fine. I, then I saw the cattle scoop on the front of the train. And, <laughs> and I also want to say, what is it? I don't believe for one second in the US of A that trains don't break for anything. They just kill whatever's on the track. Well, it's the fact that it wouldn't be able to break in time. It saw those kids miles away. Hmm. It was just blowing its whistle, blowing its whistle, blowing its whistle, blowing it. You didn't even try and slow down. Didn't do anything. It was just blowing its whistle. It seems to be a thing in America, like in Back to the Future. Yeah. You know, a train comes, ding, 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 ding. Just so, try- Okay, why is he not braking? Plows through the car, kills everyone in it. It's like train drivers are allowed to kill anything. Maybe they are. Let's find out. <laughs> maybe we I need to find out. Maybe we need to contact the I know. Uh, National Rail In America. At least we know where to find all the lunatics, apart from in the US Postal Service. Um, so, yeah, so there is a deleted scene where Teddy, on that bridge... Sorry, just like to say that that particular slur of the US Postal Service is purely based on the Naked Gun film. Carry on. 
Playing Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Um, he walks over to the edge of the um, train track and sort of stands on one leg and starts fooling around. And Chris screams at him to get back into the middle. Right. He gets back into the middle and your greatest fear slips and falls down right. in between um, a broken okay. piece of wood. There you go. And then Chris has to sort of drag him back up. So I was absolutely right. Yeah, you were absolutely yeah. right. Train tracks are not to be fooled around on. Stay away from them. And talking of bridges, at the very end when they get back to town, so they've come back, they've done whatever with the body, they've come back. It's 5am apparently, they're going back into town, they walk across a little bridge into town. And it reminded you of something? Rambo. Yes, that's what I thought. Is it the Rambo Bridge? I don't know. I don't know, but it did remind me of Rambo. I think a lot. What is the point of you doing fact finding if you can't find out the facts? Whoa. Just say yes or no and entertain me. Oh, uh, yes. Oh my God. (laughs) I think all bridges in America kind of look like that. No, no. I've been over bridges in America. Oh, I don't know. I feel like we get a lot of bridges looking like that in in sort of rural. In Madison County. This is this is um, set in Oregon. Are you sure it wasn't set in Madison County? Because of the bridges of Madison County. Well, <laughs> there must be a reason they called it that. <laughs> but you can see all these deleted scenes on YouTube. I was quite excited when I found that. Oh, well, that's good. Well, you I'm feel gonna... like you're getting a little bit extra, you know? Yeah, I'll be honest. I won't. But, you know, it's nice for you. Okay. something to do. Doesn't like deleted scenes. Well, no, but they were deleted for a reason. So what's the point in digging through them? Doesn't mean it's not interesting to see them. Making the whole experience richer. Why would it make it richer? If anything, it will just slurry the fact that there's a perfectly good story out there that you love and you might end up not loving it thinking, I could have added that. Why do people have to know what they're not supposed to know? Just move on, people. Accept the magic in the world. What is wrong with you guys? Why do you have to have facts on everything? It's like sitting next to this one watching TV and she'll have to Google every single thing that comes up because she needs to know who is that? Where's he from? What's he doing? When's he doing it? How's he doing it? What colour is that? Can you buy that colour online? Things like that. Are you done? Maybe. When you have a thirst for knowledge, oh. it, it must be quenched. Oh, beautiful. You are the Robinsons girl of this podcast. I am. Quenching thirst. Fruit and barley. I'm going to give you another fact now. Go for it. Because, because you've whetted my appetite. Ooh. Um, this oh. was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Which one? For um, screenplay, adapted screenplay. No, it wouldn't be music. Oh. You, don't stop it now. Okay. Um... It didn't win. It was beaten by Room with a View. Really? I mean, you know, who oh. wants to go watch that? Nobody wants to go watch Room with a View, do they? I mean, I'll be honest, I've never seen it. I've so never seen know. it as well. So I, I just know really it's based it, on an Ian Forster novel. I, uh, no, don't want to read it. Don't want to go watch it. Fly Fishing's coming out next year. By J.R. Hartley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Lionsgate um, films. <laughs> um, I'm just going to plough on because you're on. talking nonsense now. Okay. Um, it did win two Golden Globes, though. Uh, best director and best picture for Fair play. for the drama Fair play. category. That's a great film, great film, and for the drama category. Well, I think the Golden Globes must have best picture drama, best picture. Oh, that's a bit watered down, then, isn't it? Well, I I don't I don't know if that's what wonder, they have. Yeah, but I just can't. I wonder which category my one was in. Then I just thought I got best director. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, that, I know. that was when you were asleep. Yeah, I know. Dreaming. Yeah, I know. Let's not ridicule me any further. Um. Talking of great things, what yeah. about their question scenes? You know, there's that scene where they're asking all the ridiculous questions like, what's Goofy? Yeah, well, what is Goofy? We've had this argument. Many, many times. <laughs> many, but, many times. But I was literally saying, like, I love that scene because I thought, yes, these were really important questions. He said, oh, these are important questions before girls come into your life. Right? Yeah. And then I thought, well, you should add the line and then become important again once you hit 40. Yeah, exactly. Because every <laughs> question they were coming up with was like, yeah, if we're sitting around after having a couple of glasses of wine, that's the sort of questions that get seriously asked. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, Goofy is clearly a cow. No, I thought you read he was a dog. I thought Goofy was a cow. Then after watching the Goofy movie, we look- which incidentally Sinead sabotaged the recording of the podcast about. Well, I wouldn't exactly say that. Um, I don't think he's a cow. I think he's a dog. I think you were right. Goofy is what animal? He is a dog. There you go. But anyway, the point was, those questions, I just thought, my God, I think I've asked all those questions on well, yeah. one of my friends. Yeah, 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 of course, because they're the classic questions, aren't they? If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, yeah, what, would, what it would it be? I mean, for Vern, it would be pears. What would for it be me, for it you? Hummus. I've, oh, my Lord, this obsession has to stop. I love the stuff. I found, like, three 
pots of it in the in the fridge the other day. Like, finish one pot before you start the next pot. I need to have another pot in supply. I mean, it's... It, I can't run out. And also, hummus by itself is not a food oh, stuff. Oh, it is. It could it's, be. It's, a, it's a, an I accompaniment. Dip, I could dip anything in it. Twigs. <laughs> you literally could dip anything oh, in it. yeah. Yeah. I think we might be slightly drifting away from the film. Well, yeah. Well, that's yeah. your fault. Yeah. Um, Yes, the campfire scene. The other thing I thought was interesting, so that's when um, Gordy tells his story of Lardass Hogan. Oh, yeah. Now, okay. Continue. I feel like there's something you want to say about that. I thought it was a great story. I really liked it. But again, I thought, wow, okay, this is like a bit big fish. Mm -hmm. So did Tim Burton use that as an influence on the big fish type of tales that he was always telling? Big fish in what respect? That it was a fantastical story that he'd created? Yeah. Okay. And then too, I thought, my God, Family Guy have ripped this off. Family Guy have done that, people being sick on each other, like projectile vomiting over and over and over again. And I thought, oh my God, they've totally taken this. Yeah, well, everybody takes from their... Yeah, imitation is the mother of all compliments. Yeah, exactly. All we all take our inspirations from. Yeah. from Every what we time loved. you know, I see Brad Pitt, and I think, God, that man, such a compliment because he just tries so hard to look like me. Well, he, does, he does his there, best. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, you know, he good needs, effort. He needs to good get effort, the gla- he needs to get the glasses. Um, but at the end, so he, he Gordy tells this story of uh, Lardass Hogan at the pie eating contest. Yes, um, and the ending is that Lardass vomits over the man next to him causing yep. everybody in the uh, fair to vomit on, to each, vomit other. on each other yep. and it's obviously you know it appeals to 12 13 year old boys they love it it's hilarious it's a great story but then teddy's not very happy with the ending yeah so he says well how does it end and he said well that that's it that's it that's the end of the story yeah teddy wants him to go on a on a killing rampage go home and shoot his father that was it yeah, yeah. But then Vern, yeah, Vern's question I feel is much more, more much that'd more like my question. street. Yeah, that'd like, be your question. I feel like this would have been what I wanted to know. Did Lardass have to pay to get into the pie eating contest? I know. No, he didn't. Oh, great, great, great story. Great. I, 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 I connected with Vern at that point because I thought that's exactly what I would want to know. Me too. The extra special detail needed. Yeah. I know. I know. I thought of you when he asked that question. <laughs> Sorry, I have to say that the fact that they seem to have opened Jurassic Park just behind us, I'm not sure if people are going to hear it on the mics, very distracting for me. I don't think anyone so, can probably hear no, that. No, that's fine. But, you know, just, just in case I sound a little bit vague there, suddenly heard a, what sounds like a velociraptor roar. Uh, and I just thought, oh, wow, they're caging it and off they go. I'm pretty sure it's the Binman. And you know how I feel about the idea of dinosaurs outside my window. Yeah, so true. Sorry. I don't I'm know why away. you're trying to freak me I'm out. Back away. Can I mention one last scene before we move on to whether we like the film or not? You may. Leeches. <gasps> Leeches. Every man, boy, I think individual's biggest fear, a leech on your genitalia. Oh, I wouldn't want a leech anywhere, to be honest with you. It really actually makes me feel quite faint. Yeah, and I mean, A, they got the leeches off really easily, but B... Have you he, ever had a leech on you? No. So you don't know how easy it is to get it off, do you? True. B... He has to pull a leech off his own bollocks. Oh, the poor boy. And he has blood on his hand. And I thought, this is horrible. And he faints. And Mm. I thought, oh, he's wearing white wide fronts. The poor lad's going to have blood-soaked wide fronts when he gets home. Explain that to your mother who doesn't like you already. Well, he could rinse them out or just throw them away. Yeah, to be honest, I'd just bin them. She's not going to be counting how many Where are your pants? Where is that pair of white wide fronts? Yeah, the leech is seen... Is, is brilliantly horrible. Yeah. Um, and apparently, so so they this is when they take the shortcut through the woods yep. and then they come across this swamp yep. that they decide, yeah, they can walk through it. Yeah. I heard a little giggle from you at that point. River Phoenix puts a stick in. Oh, goes, yeah, oh it's great. not, yeah, it's it's not deep. too deep. We can walk across. They take two steps in and all four of them just go straight yeah. under. Proper down. Um, the leeches attack and oh. then they come out the other side and one's attached itself to, to Gordy's balls. Um, apparently the um, swamp, lake, whatever yeah. you want to call it, was made by the production crew. Well, yeah, I would imagine. Because they, they were worried. Trust kids. Yeah, they wanted to make sure that, you know, it was safe for the boys to go in. According to Corey Feldman, yeah. they they made it in like June, didn't use it till August. Ah. He said, so there, there was all sorts of stuff in there. They hadn't, <laughs> they'd left it out there so long. <laughs> there was all sorts of crap in it, it so could have just yeah. chucked us in anything no, but I, I genuinely thought those kids together were absolutely fantastic you really believe they've been friends forever 
Yeah, 100%. And that's complete testament to every little actor in that. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Apparently Rob Reiner kind of gave them stuff to kind of bond them and put them in the 50s um, yeah. realm. Um, and they were all in a hotel together up to hijinks, apparently, oh, while they were yeah. filming. He did an amazing job of the directing. Mm. Amazing job, because you never for one second questioned that they would be friends. Mm. Like, yeah, Even exactly. though they were such different characters, you never questioned it. You never thought that one of them was acting... You know, if anything, the older actors, the the other gang. Keith, I mean, they Keith, were great. Chief's gang. But even those to point, you would believe less yeah. than the young ones, and they were great. Mm. Apart from when they started to tattoo each other with homemade cobra guys, didn't understand that. So, really. so yeah, they were doing some homemade tattoos. Cobra was obviously the name yeah. of their gang with a little snake. Yeah. You winced. You visibly winced. Now, from oh from a man God. who has tattoos, what was your problem okay, there? Okay, so no one did it at home with a razor blade <laughs> and a biro. I paid a lot of money to have the tattoos professionally done and nearly cried both times. So if someone was scratching it, and also as well, it just looked shit because obviously it scratched it. Wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, wow, the things you do as a kid. Mm. You know, and the only reason I've got the tattoos I've got now is to cover up the tattoos I've got then. Do you know <laughs> not, what I mean? So it's not like, scratched in with a razor blade. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. No, they weren't allowed to let razor blades in prison. I thought Kiefer Sutherland was good as well, though. I feel like we haven't given him some credit here that he needs. Thank you for not picking up on that joke, and now everybody thinks I was in prison. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't. <laughs> it's all right. Now I'm getting distracted by the velociraptors. I know. What was the joke? I, I mean, I don't know whether they're emptying every bin outside our flat, but good on them. I said, no, they don't allow razor blades in prison. Oh, where well, you got your original yeah. tattoos. I mean, yeah. Come on. No, you weren't in prison. It's fine. Come on, come on. Let's do the scores. Let's do the scores. Okay, well, you go first because I think I've played my cards pretty okay. wide. So, I love this film. I think story-wise, it's, you know, story-wise in terms of the story itself, it's a five out of five. I personally am not, I would, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not saying I didn't like the narration necessarily, but I wasn't a fan of the start. And I really didn't like the end where he's typing on his computer in a Jessica Fletcher way and turns it off without saving anything. I thought you just want to lose everything. Um, oh my god! But given the fact that the, the the music wasn't used very well, even though it was great music, and given the fact that they decide to open with an instrumental from a lift and what I consider a lazy scene. I am going to give it a very, very strong three and a half out of five. Three and a half? Yeah. Three and a half. I think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. I think it's completely fair. I'm giving I this film... I love this film. I think this film's great, but well, it has it issues. Three and a half. I mean, come on. It has issues. You have issues. I, I will have, I get the feeling. Right, so Brian's going with three and a half yeah. for this absolutely marvellous, heartfelt, joy-giving film. This film is getting... Five VHS tapes for me. No, it's not. 100%. It was perfect. Yes. It's the perfect yes. film. Yes. No, there's yes. no such thing. It's getting fine. Nothing in it was wrong. No. Nothing. No. No part of the dialogue. No. no part of the. Anything set that might dressing, have been minorly. Design. Anything that might have been minorly not to my liking is, is completely dissipated by everything in this film that works. You just said to me. A long, a few moments ago, not a long time ago, it may feel like that to the listeners, that those deleted scenes of them getting ready to go away, you would have loved that, would have added something to the characters. How can you add something to characters if it's already a five star? No, I didn't say that. You have ridiculed and made fun of this entire podcast. I think next week we probably should get someone else in. Gladly, 3.5 VHS How dare tapes. You, you gave it five because I gave it three and a half. No, no, no. I was giving it five from the outset. And no, I didn't say the deleted five. scenes. I didn't say the deleted scenes would have added something. I said, would they have? We, were, we, we already had everything we needed to know, but would they have? And I enjoyed watching them. More you importantly, them. yes. How else did I know what they were if I, I didn't watch know. them? No, you read about it. No, Brian. I watched them. All right. I mean, they took all of five minutes. It's not like, you know. She's livid. I am livid now. Livid. So, reasons to dump you. Oh, here we go. Well, apart from the 3.5. Strap 3. in, 5, people. Here we go. Apart from the 3.5. Yeah, I know, I know. Ridiculous. I heard you. Yeah, I'm not allowed an opinion. We right. know that. Lazy opening scene. It was. No. Watch it again. 
I've seen it quite a few times, thank Richard you very much. Richard Dreyfuss sitting in a van in the middle of nowhere, kids cycle past, diddle-da, 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 lazy. No, completely disagree. Lazy. Um, and with the music in the background, didn't like well, it. Well, that's that's my next point. You hated the music. Didn't hate the All music. All of the music. I hated the use of the music. Didn't hate the music, just don't like musical bridges particularly. I'm not saying you hated the music in terms of you don't like those songs in general, but within this film, you did not like the music. I didn't and like the way the it was use used of the music. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're wrong. Um, okay. I think it. I mean, it fit the era perfectly. It fit the scenes that it was in. I actually really enjoyed the music. Good for you. Um, you're not even interested in hearing about deleted scenes because I wouldn't which, be in any film. Yes, I'm not. I'm... Oh, you're such a liar. <sighs> if if I said to you, "Oh, look, there's two deleted scenes from Die Hard," there. Oh, we're watching that shit. Exactly, exactly. We're talking about a classic. So you'd be straight over, you'd be straight over for that. Um, And to tell me you don't like the end of this film. Come on. When that final sentence is typed on that computer screen. Yeah, I thought it was going to spin around and Doogie Howser was going to be sat there. Do, 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 do. A bit Doogie Howser, wasn't it? Did you not have any emotional connection when Richard Dreyfuss typed, I've never had any friends... Like the, Since, like the ones I had when I was 12. Jesus, does anyone. If that did not get into your grinchy little tiny heart. I don't recall having any friends. Don't do that. We know <laughs> yeah. that's not true. Okay. You're just trying to get people to feel sorry for you. Yeah. So they think I'm the big bad wolf. Yeah. When in reality... You're a stone-cold, heartless monster. I just, you know... I'm not saying that. I loved the film. I thought the film was great. But to say it was the perfect film makes you sound a bit foolish. Well, we're going to have to live with that. So how many reasons was that? That was four. Bloody hell. Four reasons to dump you and a grand total of 8.5 VHS tapes for this film. All right. Well, I suppose then I've got some repairing to do of my relationship. Yeah, to be honest with you. Presents gladly accepted. Can we do it after lunch? The repairing of the relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can make me lunch. Yeah. You can serve me lunch. Okay. You can then go and buy me presents. Okay. To give me after lunch. All right. Sounds yeah. fair. <laughs> Let me help. Then, then we, then we can be back again next week. Then we'll discuss whether or not you forgive me. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to go call Will Wheaton and get him in. I'll do it. We'd have a great time doing this do together. It. Do it. Get him in. Well, maybe I will. I'll get Brad. <laughs> Brad. Brad Pitt. My lookalike. Oh God. Cool. All right. Well, that was it. Well, thanks, Brian. Um, Thank you. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I am slightly peeved at your pointless little problems that you found with it. <laughs> oh, right. I'm glad you added that idea. <laughs> I'm a bit peeved with your pointless little problems. <laughs> oh, okay. So. That was Reasons to Dump You. Thank you very much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at reasons underscore pod. And please do rate us where you get your podcast because that would be lovely. Yeah. And if you do rate us, why not approach a friend face to face and say, hi, guy. And we know the rest. You know, I've yeah. done that before. Yada, yada, yada. Exactly. I'm off now to go visit Castle Rock and Brian can stay here and maybe clean the flat. I might. <laughs> Castle Rock Entertainment. Yes. Is that Rob, Rob Reiner's company? Nice. Yes. There you go. That's fabulous. Learn something right at the end of the podcast. (laughs) We will see you next time.